Hey everyone, I greatly, greatly apologize for not getting this episode out sooner. My intention was that since this was a two-parter, I'd release them a week apart from each other. But my laptop had other ideas for me. What I also would like to point out is that a listener sent me a message and, and brought to my attention that the reason why Madonna didn't have any singles during the summer of 1986 is because she was filming Who's That Girl? Should be obvious, but, you know, I don't claim to be a Madonna historian, um, so I love it when you guys send me these messages and tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> so thank you at Dirty Pete on Instagram for sending me that tidbit of information. And I want to thank all of the listeners who send me messages of encouragement and tell me how this podcast has helped them um, get through a tough day or anything like that. Like I, those mean so much to me, and I, I do want to thank you because it does keep me going as well. I don't want to keep you guys waiting any longer, so here is part two with my interview with Cabe. We're going to now head into 1987. And this is, well, La Isla Bonita came out in February of 87, but in between this time and leading up to the release of Who's That Girl, the movie, and then Who's That Girl, the tour, she did a couple of TV performances. The first one would be the American Music Awards, where she won for Favorite Female Artist against Whitney Houston and Belinda Carlisle. She got put on the cover of Time magazine, and she had like all these pictures with her brothers and sisters. This is really the point where you start learning about who Madonna is, like how she was brought up, and what what she's more like. She starts revealing more information about her family upbringing and things like that. Because previous to this, most of her interviews have been um, for you know, just for music video related. So she'd show up on shows about music and she started getting, because she's reached the superstar status. Um, she became more of an interest to people like late night TV shows and, um, special interviews on national television, which she hadn't done before. So the first one that she was on was Johnny Carson Johnny Carson is basically like the Jay Leno or um, who's that guy? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Sorry. I um, hope you're. I'm sure that you're talking to the the listeners, not me, because I, am, I damn. I am talking. Okay. I am talking to the listeners, but I'm also talking to you, so you can like. Agree I with know. Who he is. <laughs> but I don't like Jimmy Fallon, so that's why his name escapes me. Um, exactly. Exactly. She didn't give a performance which typically a music artist, when they came onto one of these shows, that's what they would do. They would perform and they'd maybe get like a minute or two with the host. This is where she gave more information about her upbringing to Johnny Carson because he starts probing her and asking her some questions and she's kind of being coy and kind of flirty about it. Um, But it's kind of a fun interview to see their kind of dynamic with each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I, (laughs) you know, because when stars go on shows now right i mean we were talking earlier about like how in some ways like different generations are are have their their pros and cons but right 
when when stars go on shows now, there's usually fans in the audience, and something gets leaked on Twitter, or like they're secretly recording in their seed, and like something's yeah. happening, or you know, even if you can't record it, like a fan will go onto one of the forums and kind of like talk about what's happening. I mean, I just, I mean, this was, I mean, relatively not that long ago, this appearance, and she's on there with Ray Charles of all people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Talking about legends only, and I just like these these audience members have to still be alive, right? So I'm just like, what was it like in between like commercial breaks and because I couldn't find it on YouTube of her like interacting with Ray Charles and just, I mean what just just the whole behind the scenes of it, you know, like where are these audience members? What was that like? You know, yeah, it was it, it was definitely a different time period for sure. Um, so I think the format of those shows typically everyone was kind of respectful of each other. So if you, if you watch some of the older um, nighttime TV shows, they'd always let, they don't always want that person to stay on the stage with them and make it seem like, Oh, we're just kind of, they shift down a seat and then we bring out the new guest and they kind of just be quiet while that person sits there. Unless that person decides to address, there was kind of like this mutual respect that when you're on, you don't, kind of speak over your guest madonna has since kind of abandoned that format and she will sit there and interact with with other people and and interrupt um which i think people (laughs) love but i kind of i don't know i kind of find it annoying but she's a leo she likes attention and um it can be fun sometimes (laughs) right (laughs) yeah um and then she goes on to do another interview, and this is all kind of leading up to promote Who's That Girl, the movie. Uh, so she's essentially going on as like an actress to uh, promote a project that she's doing, which she hadn't really done before, um, which is why she didn't perform, I'm assuming. And she did another interview with another TV host, Jane Polly, and this was kind of her very first introspective interview kind of similar to what you might see with like an Oprah or a Barbara Walters. Um, but it was Jane Polly. And if you watch the interview and you go to look at the comments on YouTube, Jane Polly gets dragged like really filth um, regarding this interview, basically saying she's just, jealous of madonna she keeps asking these questions why why would she even ask these questions and at the same time i'm kind of like well it was a different time and i'm sure jane Polly wasn't expecting madonna to kind of have um i'm sure she wasn't expecting her to be so quick to respond and have a thoughtful response because, you know, it's just like, oh, a pop star is coming on. We're going to ask him a few questions about this movie. But Jane Polly started probing and getting, again, into kind of her family background, her upbringing. And who, basically, who is that girl? Who's that girl? Mm-hmm. And people in the comments section of YouTube were, like, brutal to Jane Polly. Like, how did she have a job how did how was she interviewing people oh, and, but i think madonna warmed up to polly because at first madonna is kind of apprehensive about revealing too much about herself but by the end of it they're kind of just sitting there chatting 
Yeah, yeah, no, no, it definitely progresses. And she's... And you can tell Jane is very taken with her. Right. Like, uh, that's how I saw it. I saw it as Jane Polly just being very like, oh, I wasn't expecting this, so I'm going to ask this other question. Feel free. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I just want to know more about you and right. kind of what's your thought process and all that. So and I think Madonna was definitely more humble and vulnerable in this interview than any other interviews you typically see of her. She's wearing her $5 thrift store dress. <laughs> right. <laughs> which Jane asks her about. Um, and I actually like this dress more than I like the true blue dress. I think this one just fits her better, even though she's seated during the interview. And she looks, mm-hmm. I think Madonna looks great. Both, you can definitely <laughs> make no mistake, both her and Jane, you can tell this is filmed in 1987. <laughs> yes, for sure. This interview is, it's one of those Madonna signature interview things where she she has this smile after answering a question that she's really proud of her answer, mm-hmm. you know? Right? Like, I think that maybe the perception is that she's not going to be able to hang or take these questions, but she's, as we all know, so smart, so yes. articulate. And then she just has this, like, little smile, and her chest is kind of up, and she's proud of what she did. It's, it's, it's so cute. And then also another signature interview thing that's in this interview is where... She's not dodging the question. She answers the question, yeah. but she also kind of throws it back when, you know, Jane Polly is asking her about like the little people, you know, do you have people back home in Michigan that you talk to? And, you know, she's, she's like, well, how about you? Do you send Christmas cards to everyone? And it, and it's not about being defensive or mean or anything like that. It's just, well, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love the answer she gave. And also the one where she gave about the fans and she's like, I, I hope they're not expecting me to invite them up and have tea because that's not going to happen. <laughs> and um, I think this is, this is one of the, the times where she says, I draw the line at my house. Like once, oh my God. once I'm doing something private, I don't want to be bothered. And I don't think there's anything for me when I think of a celebrity, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And she says, I like danger, both like literal, like there's like the stalking, I mean, not that she likes the stalking fans, but right, she articulates that she understands it's part of the, kind of unfortunately comes with the territory, yeah. right, like the literal danger, and then also like the taking taking risks danger, you know, it's very evident, you know, she's such a Leo, oh my God. <laughs> um, so like I said, these were all leading up to who's that girl it was more of like a press interview or or, mm-hmm. or press leading up to who's that girl the movie i'm not going to go deep into it because i'm saving movies for another episode but have you seen the movie i have yeah any initial thoughts on it well i love screwball comedy genre i think i've only seen it once the cover is iconic i love mm-hmm. the cover well, I just, it's just, her accent is so, on Johnny Carson, she's like, I was kind of made up the accent. I was like, yeah, I can tell. It's just, <laughs> her accent, I, I think, just makes her really unlikable. No one talks like that. No one in New York talks no. like that. It's just, it's just, um, and I don't even, I just, I, I just, I think the accent is really horrible and it's really hard to get past that, but it's a silly movie. 
do I buy their relationship and them falling in love? No, but it's it's fun for what it is. In like two days, yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. I. My partner Oz, he likes eighties, nineties screwball comedies, and I was like, "Oh, well, have you seen this one? We should watch it together." And we do, and he's like, "I can't stand her. I don't ever want to see this movie again. It was the worst experience in my life." <laughs> and I'm like, "But to me, the best part about this movie is." her music yes uh who's that girl is probably one of my favorite songs Mm -hmm. um and it they use she has four she recorded four songs for the soundtrack and that lucky number nine is how many songs that's on the soundtrack uh i don't give a shit about the other five artists that are on there i only care about the madonna songs but who's that girl is probably my favorite followed closely by look of love i would say mine is causing number one causing a commotion to who's that girl mm. I, I just always forget about it yeah i i think i understand <laughs> that but i also i still like that song it yeah no 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 me too yeah it makes me think of the movie yeah and i just like the way she sings the verses she goes i try and try like she has that kind of lower voice and Mm -hmm. um and it's paired great with the scene that happens in the movie where she's (laughs) driving across train tracks and and driving erratically it i love it um the video there's only one video for who's that girl and we get a brown-haired madonna again in the video even though she has platinum white hair in the movie but her look that she has is very um it's almost like a mix between mixing that kind of lingerie style that she has for true blue with like the bustier but also she's wearing kind of like a men's sports jacket and a fedora kind of like she would wear in her early days so it's almost like a throwback to her new york days but also a more stylized version of that very androgynous yes if you listen to the remixes from these songs we're starting to get into the era where remixing means more than just extending the track it's kind of getting into using different sounds to kind of play around with but it's almost like it could be a different version of the song i'm not sure if you agree or disagree with that the same thing with causing a commotion i feel too I haven't listened to the remixes. I'm so bad. Um, They're not on streaming, but you can find them on YouTube. Then how can I find them? But Look of Love uh, is is a favorite ballad of mine. And I'm, Mm. and as I said in, uh, when I talked about something to remember, I'm kind of disappointed that it was not put on there because I felt like it was a good fit. I feel pro- probably the only reason reason is because she, she didn't want to remind people of the movie because that was about to be <laughs> maybe. That's the only. But it's such a good song. I guess that's why she didn't include any, like who's that girl in the Mac collection too? Because who's that girl went to number one? So I'm surprised it wasn't on the Mac collection. But uh, that's that could be a good reason. I'll accept that reason. I love that she. It was relatively recently, right, that she posted the trailer on her YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is it an anniversary? I don't think so. 
I don't know. I it it would I I'm just happy that I hope that's not like a bad memory, you know. Not everything can be great and I hope that it was fun and you know, I know that I don't know much about her relationship with Griffin Dunn. I mean, obviously James Foley, that's a great mm-hmm. relationship, but I, I know he went to the sex party. That's all I know. Griffin Dunn did? Mm-hmm. It was like the E.T. special, like, we, cameras weren't in la- allowed in, but we talked to all the stars, that Ooh, it, you know. That's yeah. interesting. I don't know much about him. I mean, but when I was watching the movie, well, anyway, that's the movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, the, that whatever. <laughs> well, if you ever have the single, or if you ever look up the single for Causing a Commotion, you should be pleasantly surprised, because Jimmy Jimmy is also on there they add as an extra track (laughs) i actually think jimmy jimmy would be it's it could be in line with kind of can't stop almost like they could be sister tracks maybe Mm. but i'd prefer Mm -hmm. can't stop over jimmy always think of who and i know the only one but i think me and a lot of people think who's that girl in la isla or sister tracks i yes 100 percent. i would agree with that because they get, she's got the Spanish in there, and it's around the same time period, so it has a very similar sound. And I believe, um, did she write it? I believe she wrote it with the same people, with Pat Leonard. Are you? What movie are you most excited to do? Uh, I would say my favorite movie of madonna minus any documentary like music documentary so i don't include truth or dare would probably be a league of their own (laughs) that's a great yeah um i think the role was perfect for her uh yes she's not the starring role which i don't think she needs to make an impact and i feel like that role was kind of perfect for her and she got a song in there right Oh yeah, I did. That's that's um. Do you like that song? I do. I like it too. Sorry, I was like, <laughs> to, it, it 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 is just not my. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> well, um, with the time that we have left, let's jump into the tour, and yes. we won't rush to the tour because the tour is uh, it. This is a very poignant time in her career because. She was performing in stadiums. Previous to this, uh, for the Virgin Tour, it was just like arenas and theaters. So now she's doing stadiums, filling them, selling them out. Uh, she started the tour in Japan during the rainy season, um, <laughs> yeah. then goes to U.S., and then to Europe. And just to give you an idea of how big these audiences were. So if you ever watch Ciao Italia, um, which mainly takes it from Italy, but they also, they also splice it with Japan. So it's really weird because sometimes she has like shorter hair and like a chain. And then other times she doesn't because they're, they edited it with both of those, one from the Japan concert and one from Ciao, uh, from Italy, but in Italy, she had 63,000 people in that audience. So if you're watching it, you can kind of get an idea of how many people that was. Her largest audience was 216,000 people at Wembley Stadium. Oh my God. So that's more than twice as many in Italy. I can't even imagine what that is like 
being an audience member in like the nosebleeds of Wembley Stadium. Yeah. And and also with with right because the Virgin Tour didn't have this and the the Virgin Tour film, right? This starts a great well, I guess she, well no, she doesn't do it for every every film version of the tour, but I know she does for Girly Show and and Blonde, a lot of them for Blonde Ambition, where the can't right before the concert starts, you just hear the audience and it shows you the aerial view yeah. of the stadium. Yeah. It's just so exciting. I love that. I love kind of like the the gear up because you you get excited with the audience even though you're watching it on yeah. TV. Um, and even in the opening of this concert film, it's backstage before the show where they're doing rehearsal and. Um, Nikki and Donna and Deborah Parsons, um, they're warming up to enter the groove and they have mm-hmm. those like beautiful harmonies. And I just yes. love it. Yeah. See the sound guy setting up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Patrick Leonard was the musical director. Debbie Mazar did her makeup, which I never knew uh, until like the past few years ago. Um, and as we learned, Chris, her brother, was her dresser. Mm-hmm. Um, Luis Conte is on percussion, which goes with her to Blonde Ambition Tour and Girly Show, and then the music performance that she does on the Grammys. Um, Jonathan Moffat is on drums, and Jonathan Moffat was kind of like a, a famous drummer who worked for Michael Jackson. Um but I believe Madonna was always so intrigued by Michael Jackson. She always took his people like Freddie demand used to work for the Jackson five or Michael Jackson. So it's always interesting for her to be like, I want him and I'm going to take him. (laughs) Um, And then Shabadoo, who's one of her dancers just recently passed away. Oh no. He just passed away like in late December unfortunately um, but he was a famous dancer and again it's one of those things where she was like he was like in movies and things like that and um she's like yeah i want him and got him mm-hmm. and then she did have a little boy to tour with her to replicate kind of like the open your heart oh, is that not the same it's not the same boy they're two different people <gasps> and they both kind of give props to madonna and do special things here and there i believe well maybe that's who i was thinking about on the instagram could be could be i because didn't he all didn't didn't one of them also do something with you can dance uh i don't know what that would have been um i do believe that she did some promotion not necessarily promotion but if you look at the artwork from you can dance she did some um promotion videos for i think like mitsubishi uh, electronics or something like that where he's in the video with her and i don't know which boy it is that's the thing okay well whichever (laughs) that boy is i he has posted on instagram so it's him (laughs) (laughs) but within this tour every song from true blue except for love makes the world go round and sorry cave jimmy jimmy is not performing either. um <laughs> but every other song on true blue, so seven songs from true blue and uh three songs from the who's that girl soundtrack are performed three out of the four so you kind of get a good comprehensive 
chunk of True Blue in this concert, which is something you'll notice that she does later on in her tours where she kind of focuses on the album that she's promoting for her tours, but she gives you something different. There's always something different about the songs that she's doing. Um, And one that stands out to me is into the groove because Mm -hmm. it's, we get a premonition of, of what ends up being released at the end of the year for you can dance where it's the version that's on you can dance. And -hmm. that's kind of like the first time we hear that. Mm. oh wait it it is yeah because oh my you can gosh. dance was originally supposed to be released in december of 1986 but because the album was doing so well they didn't mm. want to kind of um put anything else out they knew that they could sustain the success of true blue right. and then knowing who's that girl that was coming out um they just pushed it and then released it at the end of the summer or at the end mm-hmm. of the year of 87 instead of 86 do you have any merch from this tour? Uh, the only thing I have is the tour book. Hmm. And the only reason why I have that is because once I started to become a fan and um, once I became an adult and made money, eBay, when eBay first came out, I bought like <laughs> anything and everything off of eBay that I could. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. It's it's both. It's it's a drug. It's both, both uh, the best and worst thing that could happen yes. to you. <laughs> Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the opening of the tour, open your heart. Yeah. And they kind of do some sort of tribute to the video, um, right. where it's very similar. They have a little boy in there, but it's not the same boy that's in the video. I believe they tried to get him, but he, I don't know, his mom wouldn't let him out of school or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but he did not join. It was a different one, but Tragic. it's a great. I think it's a great opening for the tour. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. New song, relatively new song. Everyone knows that it's it's high energy. Yeah, perfect. Then she goes... She's elevated up on the chair. Yes. Great. and the screen with the silhouette. Yes, yes, exactly. Which you end up so seeing exciting. again at the 1989 VMAs. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, mm-hmm. huh? Uh, then she goes into Lucky Star. And she sings yes. it a very a little bit different. And there's some people that don't like the way she sings "Lucky Star," but I love it. Um, she changed like she changes like the cadence of the beat of <clears throat> the way she sings it, and I just love it. Comes in a little late, yeah. Yeah. Um, then she goes straight into the title track, "True Blue." She has yeah. costume changes, but they're not really costume changes they're more like i mean some of these costumes on this tour (laughs) you know call it for what it is now okay what would you say i mean my least favorite is is and not to skip it so three true blue i the the choreography very cute nikki and donna i it's um poofy but then for the the next track is Papa Don't Preach and she just she has that dress on and she puts that jacket on and it's just so it's boot it's horrible I mean it's it's I hate it well she's also still wearing her first costume under it all <laughs> she's got this wrinkly ass dress that she puts over top of it like where was Chris Chaconi why didn't he steam this dress for her <laughs> right <laughs> Um, 
and it's so it's so weird because right i mean we all know she's a perfectionist and the attention to detail but every Mm -hmm. now and then there's there's just like real i mean like up there with like sticky and sweet with like the four minutes costume and wig it's just like (laughs) like, really like wow like what was she thinking you know um yeah every now and then i think she just she lets someone else makes the decision. It's very rare, <laughs> but this might have been one of those times. Yeah. Um, but when she does go into Papa Don't Preach, I like that she kind of gives it a different interpretation. So if you're noticing on the back screens, she's talking about Ronald Reagan and, yeah. and different world events that are happening in the AIDS epidemic that's happening at this mm-hmm. time. She's she's trying to enlighten the audience of who the papa is and maybe it's like the Catholic, maybe it's the pope maybe it's ronald reagan and martin luther King yes so it's it's kind of like here are some different leaders in history and they're kind of the papa she's telling them like don't preach because here are all these other things that are happening world hunger aids um and i just find it very um it's a very deep moment in the the tour in this concert mm-hmm. at the time. And she loves that. I mean, she reuses that sort of similar montage and dear, I mean, we all know she definitely reuses it and reinvent or not reuses it, but repurposes it and makes, you know, does an update definitely in reinvention and confessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She likes to talk about kind of world events, what's happening. And, oh, yeah. and it's not necessarily pointing fingers. It's her just showing you something to look at and letting you kind of ask your own question and come up with your own interpretation of it, mm-hmm. which, which I think is who Madonna is. She likes to ask questions and provoke thoughts. Yes. And we love her for it. Then we go into white heat. One of my favorites. <laughs> I don't like this performance though. I think it's very cheesy and um, <laughs> uh, this along with the causing commotion performance i don't i don't like not from this tour um i like the songs i just don't like the treatment of the songs i just it just seems like really cheesy really 80s she's she's wearing uh what she had this like um lame jacket and a feather boa and sunglasses and i'm just it's a low moment in the tour for me after especially coming off of Papa Don't Preach in her right. wrinkly dress. <laughs> well, um, I follow Madonna Scrapbook on Instagram, which is just an amazing account. And they, like, right, but like a yesterday, two days ago, yeah. they posted uh, the causing a commotion performance. And I DM'd you the video, yes. the post of it. And you said, Oh my God, I'm so excited. And then I believe you just liked it. And I was like, Hmm, okay, that's, um, I guess we'll talk about that, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to, um, you know, spoil, spoil it. it. I didn't want to start talking about it before we actually talk about it. But you don't like this performance. Uh, I like. I mean, I don't hate it. Of course, if I'm watching the tour, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. Um, Get the moves, baby. Oh, he really has the moves, baby. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't like it when she talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons I I really I mean I think this song is a great example. One of the reasons I really love this tour is because she is just I mean she's what I think I look like dancing after like two coffees, <laughs> but she, I mean she is just she's crazy on this tour. I mean like she is off the wall 
energy. She is she's she's wild. It's so fun. Uh, that's what I will give her. She has a lot of energy, and she's really jumping up and down. She's skipping around like, and she, we didn't talk about this yet, but this is the first use of a conveyor belt um, on her stage, which she mm-hmm. uses a lot. Yeah, she gets her money's worth. Yes. <laughs> um, and look of love is where she actually uses that a lot too. And that was that was the thing for me. So you went from Papa Don't Preach was kind of like the serious um, moment, and then you jump into White Heat and causing a commotion, which are just kind of like silly and fun. And then she goes into Look of Love, which is a very serious like love song. Yeah. So it's almost like two serious moments are bumpered with. Um, kind of like, mm. kind of like where you're trying to relax, but your little brother or your little niece or nephew is jumping up in your face saying, "Look at me! Look at me!" That's kind of how I feel about <laughs> white heat and causing a commotion between Papa Don't Preach and Look of Love. And the little the little kid has a toy gun and is shooting everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> amazing performance of look of love I, I actually love this performance I mean, I mean it's the only time she has performed it but um i like it probably more so than live to tell performance from this 100 um, percent, yes but we'll we'll get into that in a minute um the next is a medley between some like a virgin songs and it's yeah. the only songs from the like a virgin album that are used and it's just a medley of three songs. And I thought it was, the costumes are ridiculous, but I liked the treatment of musically of what the song sounded like. Do do you like silly, like very silly Madonna? I mean, (laughs) it's acceptable sometimes, but um, this one, just like the outfit she's wearing and the, what her dancers are wearing, they just very Elton John. Very Elton John, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, like, <laughs> like something she would perform at a Disney concert. Oh, that's painful. Oh, my gosh. Like, it was designed for little kids, even though she's kind of like... I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it's like this. It's fun. I love the musical treatment of the songs. They sound really good. Yeah. I love the, the, the screeches and Material Girl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and in the Italian special, she's, it's so funny because she's, I mean, it's so ridiculous. The costume, the, her vocal, everything is just, it, it's peak silly. And then in the Italian special, the camera at one point goes to the audience and these two men in their, in their shirts have binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so> <laughs> um, it's, it's fun. I like it. I, also particularly like when she integrates sugar pie honey bunch into like a virgin because i love i love madonna doing motown yes um but the costumes gotta go and they do go because then she goes into where's the party yeah and maybe this is the one where she wears the feather boa and sunglasses oh yes that's right yeah oh well the costume kind of flow together a little bit i mean well, yeah, the, the, it's, like a it's literally the like same that. costume until um into th- uh no until la isla right she wears yeah, yeah. the same base 
um, corset lingerie throughout the entire show. She just puts things over it. Um, right. So she just adds things to uh, thank goodness for um, the Blonde Ambition tour. Because <laughs> that really set the standard versus what she does. I mean, the her. elevation between Virgin, then Who's That Girl, then Blonde Ambition. I mean, those three are very, are very different. Oh, yeah. Budgets. <laughs> different budgets and different... Um, well, I actually think the Virgin Tour has better costumes. Then Who's That Girl? Yes. 100%. Mm, okay. <laughs> Even though what she's wearing... Even though what she's wearing in the Virgin Tour is very much like what she might wear when she goes out on the street as Madonna, I just think yes. they they presented better than the costumes on Who's That Girl Tour. Gotcha. Um, and then from Where's the Party, she goes into Live to Tell, which is a great performance. But if we're if we're if it's the battle between ballads, I'm gonna go with Look of Love. Yeah. Yeah, this performance is, um, it's, it's just, it's so dramatic that it's like almost funny. Well, it's an extremely long version because they put this version on the single of You'll See. I remember you saying yeah. that, yeah. Um, so it was something that we never got before with Madonna, uh, that she released and it was very odd that it was from the Who's That Girl tour. But right. I mean, it's very dramatic. It's it's done very well, um, but I also don't know why she was killing time. Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, after the second chorus to the between the bridge before if I ran away. I mean, that pause where she's looking around and grasping the stand is just. I mean, it's, it's so dramatic. To I mean, I love it. I'm not. I'm not hating at all. I'm just. I mean. To the, it's so dramatic to the point where by the time the song is over, she's literally just on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it was her time to give herself a break um, without having to just leave the stage and have the band play kind of this segue into what would be the next section of the tour or section of the concert. I mean, these interludes are short. Yeah. So perhaps it was to give her a break where she take take her time on the song and then give her enough energy to come back and do the rest of the show. Cause mm, into the groove is very energetic, mm. extremely energetic. Um, and that's probably, that actually probably is my favorite performance of into the groove is from this concert for sure. Mm. Uh, thoughts on into the groove. It's um, <laughs> for some reason all I can <laughs> for some reason all I can think of that's when she does the jump rope on Sticky and Sweet, right? I think so. I'll be honest with you, Sticky and Sweet is not my favorite tour, um, so sure, I've only sure. watched it once. Whoa! I mean, for someone as hardcore as you, that's um, that's a statement. Whoa! Um, <laughs> not, sorry, not judging. I was just shocked. Mm, I, I, I mean, I, I, I literally watched it last night and I've seen both Japan and Italy. I, um, nothing, it's not really sticking out to me. Well, I think the reason why it stuck out to me is, you know, before I saw the blonde, 
Exhibition Tour version, they'd actually show this as a video on MTV. They would play this performance mm. and play it as its own video. Um, and I just remember her... I mean, it sounds silly. I, I hate the jacket she's wearing, that Campbell's suit, pink fringe oh, yeah, huh. on it. But and Doesn't it say you can dance? Or her says it, dance. It does, but they use the can of soup as the can, right? Or something? Yes. It's, it's really silly yeah. and weird, but um, yeah. I just remember her going, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, like... He's kind of replicating <laughs> yeah. this vocal effect that they would put like on remixes. And I don't know. I just, I love this version of it. Oh, when she's singing to the boy, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, since this one doesn't stand out to you, let's jump to La Isla Bonita. <laughs> what do you think of that version? Great, great. Second to last. Yes. Wait, third, third to, to last, last song? Yep. Third to last song, yeah, yeah. Great, great opener to the encore slash final act section. This dress, I hmm, definitely prefer the video dress. <laughs> Could the... you imagine if she just did this like very dramatic version of La Isla Bonita, but she came out like in the dress <gasps> with like um you know a whole bunch of, of of latin dancers surrounding her right um that would have been cool and she put the bun on or so i don't know but she had blonde hair and all kinds of, i don't know it would have been amazing that would have been cool yeah yeah mm, i i again i kind of feel well uh-oh i mean maybe this is something about me but i just feel like it kind of again is well when most of the concert is so high energy and so all amazing it can at some point kind of and not that distinctly different yeah. for me at least this is just for me it can kind of like blend a little bit yeah, yeah i mean th i the, the concert has to have its highs and its lows um and even though it's it's i mean it's not a fast-paced song unless you're right. watching confessions or sticky and sweet version then she mm -hmm. was off the walls and i hate it but um <laughs> i think it's uh, i see what you're saying because it kind of if we get to that part of the track list where she's doing live to tell which is very low energy then she does into the groove which is very high energy and then she goes into la isla which is kind of lower energy like it's it's not high energy so she's bringing us back down again not as in making us sad or anything, but it's it's right. like the energy levels keep changing. But I think it's probably a good point in the show where she did this because it's getting towards the end, which means people are getting excited, but they're also getting anxious because they don't want the show to end. Right. So this right. might be a way of, of kind of maybe not holding that momentum of energy, but holding that momentum of anxiousness of uh-oh, we're getting to the end of the show and I don't want it to end. Right, right. Um, which then she gives... What do you think of it? Uh, I will say La Isla is probably not too memorable from this performance. It's okay. I like it. Um, I, it's just not something that sticks out in my mind. Right, 
and also you know we're we're talking about the <laughs> the standard is very fucking high yes that she said yes well not only that i think yeah. it's it's harder to look back and kind of make a, a great objective statement on it when we've seen what comes after this mm-hmm. we've seen the level of yeah. performance yeah. she's she's given this song as different treatments throughout the years so it's a little yeah. hard to uh um judge it if, if we were in 1987 and this is the only time we've seen it we don't have a choice <laughs> but then she takes us into who's that girl yeah which is um i think as we were saying kind of like a sister song right yeah um and this is another one of those songs, just like Live to Tell, where she drags it out. Yes. At a point. <laughs> but I like when she drags it out here. Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to imitate the vocal, but just keep... And the, cam- and the camera work, the way it's, it's double exposed and it keeps fading to like a close-up to the stage, to the people. It's just... Um, I, I really love the 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 Ciao Italia. Just you I just you can just feel the energy and you know that this is the I mean you may not know if you're in the crowd that this is the second to last song, but you can tell that this is the Forget you know, it. you're getting to yep. the act and it's just right, and it's very meta. Who is that girl? It's just I I I just, especially with the with the camera doing the double exposure, it just makes me. I just feel like I'm so there. I'm like, don't end, don't end. As much as I was just talking shit about Lottie's, like, don't end. Who's that girl? <laughs> right. She pronounces that R. She pronounces her hard R's. <laughs> right. Um, Every syllable drawn out. Yes. And then she ends the show as she should every show with Holiday. Yes. Um, and I like this performance. I think it's really fun. And I think she engages the audience really well. Um, she needs a comb. She needs a comb. Uh, and she likes the pink one. <laughs> right. <laughs> or like that big I, I forget what it was, it was like a hell a huge like helicopter one or something that was like a really big one, but she got like uh a kick out of that. And this was also during the time where everyone everyone or at least most guys carried combs around in their back pocket. Um, it's so surreal. <laughs> who does that anymore? Do people still do that? <laughs> I no, I haven't used a comb since I had to like wet my hair for Sunday school when I was a boy. I mean, I have a wide tooth comb, but I would never carry that around with me. Right at the concert, right? right. <laughs> hey, are you going to a Madonna show? Make sure you bring a comb. Bring the comb, right? You know, she right. <laughs> but I think it's amazing because I don't know if word got out or if it was just the sign at the I was time where you know like hey she asks for a comb make sure you bring one or if there was some sort of newspaper notice say hey bring your comb if you're going to the like i don't know but there were so many fucking combs that like did all these people really have combs she asked for it in the japan special too uh good question i'm not 
I can't envision if she did or not. Right. It's been a while since I watched that one, so I'm not sure. Because now, maybe, maybe? I don't know. Her I don't know. I mean, what? In Chow Italia. Her hair was um, yes. in Japan because it was the first leg of the, the tour. Her hair was more cropped and, and more um, yes. uh, shorter. But by the time she gets to, maybe that's why she asked for a comb because her hair was longer and maybe she only did it. <laughs> right. I mean, I've seen both and both are great. And Wayne, you know, we were, gave me the homework like, okay, you need to revisit this, this, and this. And I decided to rewatch the Chow Italia just be, I mean, I think that Chow Italia, just like blonde, the niece, Blonde Ambition, it's the last show and it's, you know, and the Japan Blonde, I mean, she loves Japan. She went to, she's been to Japan mm-hmm. many times. The Japanese are amazing fans, right? But they're, you know, the way that they kind of show respect is different from the way the French or the Italian oh, yeah. do, right? Yeah. And they're, the, the Japanese are a little more conservative, but you know, that's the way they show, they show respect and they're a little more quiet. But I, the reason I watch Chow Italia is because she's, well, one, she's Italian. So she's speaking just like the, the niece special. She's yes. yelling at them and speaking the language and they're just, they're just fucking crazy. And they're eating it up because like, oh my God, she knows how to speak our language. Yeah. 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 I want to shout out to my grandmother. Yeah, and there's there's footage you might be able to find it on YouTube, but I remember it used to be on like a, a documentary VHS that I had where she met her family members that lived in Italy. Um, oh my god! Before the show, before she invited them to the show, and it's just kind of a a cute little moment. Um, and then the show's over with. Ah, oh, amazing! It was uh a great show and again like the, the the vast amount of people that were there i can't imagine ever going to like a general admission stadium show like that but you've been well the maybe stadium. not in that level i've only been to arenas i've only seen her in arenas i've never seen her in a stadium setting okay and gotcha to me when i always used to think of concerts because those are the ones they would show on tv they showed you know michael jackson madonna they'd show them in these stadiums, um, huge audiences. And when I, when I found out that these are general admission, which means you get where you get when you get in there. And I just can't imagine the, the amount. And I don't think it was like the days of now where people camp out six days before the show or whatever, but it was like, I think you just showed up there and you probably got there an hour or two before the show, and that was it. I don't think you camped out like people have done more so in the more recent years. Oh, my God. Wow. And you just imagine the pushing, the shoving, the, the everyone sweating and stinking and um, the drinking. I just can't yeah. imagine what that was like, Ugh. but it sounds like it probably still would have been amazing. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Because your first tour was Drown World? Drown right? World, yeah. And I saw that in Washington, D.C. Um, and this was the tour where she started not putting the air conditioner on. And no one knew. <laughs> and she was two hours late. So, um, yeah. oh, that's, I just, I remember, 
I was wearing shorts and a short sleeve, and I was dripping in sweat before the show even started. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But the things you do for Madonna. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 part, it's part of it, right? It's part of the experience. Something for you to look back on and complain about, you know. Something to remember. If you will. Right. Um, but you would think that's the end of Madonna for 1987. And, and I just want to remind our listeners, she has been going nonstop since 82, 83 from the start of her, her, you know, record deal and doing club promos and everything. She has not stopped at this point. And, um, in October of 87, we get a very nice Christmas present with her singing Santa baby on a very special Christmas in her Nikki Finn voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it got right. You because you were mentioning earlier that, you know, the first, the first two albums are very high. Mm-hmm. And then this is especially like opening with live to tell is a lot lower Then we kind of go back a little. We do kind of go back, but it's also that New York, her made up New York accent. Yes. I will say it, it's it holds a very special place in my heart. I love it. I love listening to her sing it. I don't yeah. think it's her greatest vocal performance, although I'm not sure if it's intended to be either. <laughs> I know Eartha Kitt hated it. Oh, did she, did she shade it? Eartha Kitt was kind of, she's the first one that sang that song, um, or right. released a version of it, and then when Madonna released her version um i i can't quote Eartha Kitt because i don't know exactly what she said but essentially it was like what the fuck is this um do you have any thoughts on it do you like santa baby it's fun it's not every year it's fun right it's it's yeah. it's, it's always it's on my playlist day. around christmas time for sure yeah um I mean, I think it's great for what it is. I mean, this was a this was a charity album, I think, yes. and I think it is what it is. Right? Oh, wait, I don't know if it's trying to be shady. Isn't it a charity album? It is a charity album. Okay, okay. <laughs> and each album cover has had Keith Haring art on it. Yes, that's correct. I mean, I like it for what it is. Bring bring her out every Christmas. You're feeling festive. Madonna always relevant, timeless. And then um, put it back. <laughs> Save it for the next year. And yeah. I believe there was a video made for it, but I don't think it was specifically made for it, but it's it's what? kind of like the claymation uh, sort of oh. thing. And I don't know if it's specific for this song or if someone just paired this footage with the song. But <laughs> if you go out on YouTube, you can find a video for the song. Oh, Okay. I've seen the thumbnail and it never attracted me. <laughs> I mean, it's she's not in it. It's not even Dear Jesse type Madonna uh, by any <laughs> means. But um, might be something to maybe skim through. You don't have to watch the whole thing, but maybe skim through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you still think, oh, well, that's it. That's all we get from Madonna. But no, You Can Dance comes out. Um, yes. And that's where we get to hear spotlight which was originally supposed to be on true blue um but wasn't 
And the only other song from True Blue that's included on this is Where's the Party, which has a, a really cool yeah. remix, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Spotlight fits perfectly, especially as the opener on You Can Dance. Oh, yeah. And, of course, I'm sure you can find this out, but there's You Can Dance was kind of like a one-track um, kind of experience where the songs kind of merged into each other. And then yeah. there was a version of it that was released uh, for like promo where it was just the single edit of all the songs. So those exist out there. You know, what's so funny. I have, I don't have the vinyl, but I have the cassette and the CD of you can dance and here, wait, let me, I want to get the quote exactly right. Hang on five seconds. I'm pulling it out. Okay. At the bottom contain, this says this, this is the cassette. Contains four special dub versions available on cassette only. And then on the CD, it says contains four special dub versions available on CD only. Yep. Yeah. So that's what they did. They, um, cassette tapes had more room on them. And so with the extra space that's on the tape and because CDs were, I'd probably say relatively newer around the time, um, they know that they had this extra space on the CD. And I guess at this point in time, they're trying to give the audience their money's worth. And so they included these dub versions, which are basically just instrumentals of the remixes. But shouldn't it say on cassette and CD? Well, no, because the same ones are, there are different ones available on the CD than there are on the cassette. Oh. Uh oh, <laughs> there, there's fans out there that are like, "Oh my god, get him off!" <laughs> I don't think everyone knows that. Uh, that's not that's not widely. That's not a. I mean, this has been out for years, of course, but it's not something people. I mean, seek out. So if you go to the streaming version of it, I don't think they have the dubs at all. So you're in luck. You got a cassette version with different dub versions in the CD. No player. <laughs> um well cabe we've been talking for a really long time about true blue era and i think we've closed it out unless you have any like parting words about true blue any last thoughts well i think this is right kind of like what i said party thoughts this is a true undeniable arrival of a superstar and not just a superstar, but an artist. And they arrive in a limousine. And it's it's just very, it's very exciting. It's very exciting and, and timeless, these songs. Yeah. She has a tell to tell. Yes. And it's done very well. Yes. Um, I just wanted to end it. Uh, because I always ask all my listeners to fill out kind of like a questionnaire and just kind of, you know, I always ask like, what's the best thing about Madonna and how she influenced you? And I was really moved by your response that you put in there. And um, you said that because she is so brave and articulate and can kind of handle any conversation when she's challenged and you've kind of faced a challenge, much like most of people in our community, the gay community, you know, coming out to your parents um, and sometimes having to repeat that conversation uh, just because, you know, sometimes um, 
the acceptance isn't always there. So I just want to tell you, I was moved by that. Um, and, you know, I'm very happy for you because uh, you also recently got engaged. Congratulations. Ooh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you guys have a plan for the wedding? April 3rd, baby. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're, do- we're doing it. I mean, re- I mean, we're kind of trying to take advantage of the COVID and do a relatively small ceremony, just like in a, we're probably going to rent an Airbnb in a backyard and it'd be very, very small. Yeah. I mean, eventually. And then when all of this is over, we'll, we'll do like a big proper one, yeah. you know, Sean Penn wedding style. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, April 3rd, pretty soon. Paparazzi. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I want to see pictures. Um, I'm really excited for you, and I I hope things continue to go well with your family. Because um, oh, I know you. that that it's not always a easy thing to have to go through. It's already enough work to have the gumption to say it out loud. Um, so. I'm I'm glad Madonna has provided you that guidance to give you the courage to be able to just tell mm. people, you know what, this is who I am. This is this is my truth. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean Yeah, I mean my my oh gosh, my <laughs> I just got engaged and I was so I was just so happy and I I told my parents and I was really hurt by their reaction. Not that they were unex um not that they weren't accepting but just not as excited as i was wanting it was it just felt like i was kind of coming out all over again and kind of had to call a meeting and talk with everybody and just i mean she really inspired me you know just looking someone in the eye and saying a you hurt me and this is why and b i i want to understand where you're coming from and I want to heal from this. And she really, I was, Oh my God, I was so scared. I was so scared. And I was, I was crying beforehand and my face was all red. And I just, you know, her, not just her music, but like her, her persona, persona, especially in interviews. I mean, my God, I mean, we're talking about the Jane Polly stuff and it only gets more intense from, from here, but Oh my, I mean, the woman, the Madonna in the art of the interview is like a whole, oh my god it's just and like i said it's not about dodging a question or being defensive but it is about asking you a question as well and trying to understand and being articulate mm-hmm. and being brave and looking someone in the eye you know the the nightline interview you yes know? and and that really <laughs> i mean it helped me it really helped me a lot and um all is well now all is, i mean much better now yeah well, so good. thank you Em. Well, thank you, and um, thank you again for joining me and talking about True Blue. I had such a great time. Um, uh, you better play Jimmy Jimmy at your wedding. <laughs> I hope you. You're so right. I hope you walk down the aisle to it. Have someone create oh. a strings <laughs> arrangement to it. That would be really fun yeah. to walk down the aisle. Um, but no, thank you again, and thank you for sharing your story. Uh, it's I think hopefully anyone that's listening can get inspired by it and, you know, live their truth and hopefully get that courage from you. Mm, Oh, well, thank you, Wayne. And I mean, thank you. And thank, I'm so happy that we were brought together by M and, and, um, 
the Immaculate podcast, and I'm just so happy. I just think it's so cool what you're doing. Like I, I was saying this before we started talking, that it's just so, uh, it's just so hard to find a connection even before COVID. Now it's even harder, yeah. you know. And it's um, obviously Madonna is not an indie artist, and she's very popular. But I think when you find like those people that are really hardcore, it's real. You really have a, a, a you can have at least. I mean, there's definitely toxic fans. You can have a really special bond. And I think it's it's very cool what you're doing, putting this show together, editing it all, reaching out to people. I think it's it's very cool what you're doing. So good on you. Well, thank you. Um, well, I think we'll uh, say so long to our guest for now. And yeah. I do hope to keep in touch with you. Please feel free to reach out to me. Um, looking forward to see some pictures, hopefully on your Instagram from the wedding. And um, I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it should it should definitely not stop here. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely keep keep in contact for sure. Yes, um, this will all end one day. The COVID <laughs> it will all end one day. Well, the the pandemic will end one day, <laughs> and um, we'll be able to see people. And the next again, time Madonna so. goes on tour, you'll be there. I oh, guarantee. Oh, hell yeah. I guarantee. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm going to wish you uh, a farewell. I'll talk to you soon. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Wayne. Thank you, Cabe. Bye.